everybody and welcome to In My Mug episode 290. 290, my God. On Monday the 2nd of June 2014. 2nd of June, halfway through the year. I am your host Stephen Layton. Welcome to In My Mug and welcome to the news. Okay, lots to get into this week, so I'm going to get on with this. Speaking of lots, lots of new coffees this week. Uh, the site has been uh, bulging with new coffees. Uh, one that definitely won't make it onto it in my mug is the uh, Nicaraguan Limoncillo Longbury Funky. It is a tiny, tiny, tiny lot, and we don't have enough to share with you guys. Also, you sometimes share it with me when I send you uh, funkies, so I'm always wary and nervous of sending funkies on in my mug. But I can't send this one, there is not enough. If you want it, you will have to go and buy it. Some of you may have seen some exciting news on my Twitter and Instagram this week. Uh, you should follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Links on the screen. Um, but uh, those who do follow me may have seen that we have got La Lujon from El Salvador coming back. Uh, this was the coffee that was used by the World Barista Champion back in 2011, uh, roasted by us. Um, and through a series of things that didn't go well after that we weren't able to get it back we weren't able to agree contracts and it ended up that we haven't had it for a couple of years but it's coming back and in six eight weeks it will be back and it will be in in my mug um so there's a definite reason to keep resubscribing to in my mug and uh six cup chemexes the woodnecks i know quite a few of you have been waiting for them to come back in stock we have had a tiny, tiny delivery of them, and I mean tiny, tiny like the last tiny lot. Everything's tiny this week. Uh, they're online. When they are gone, they are gone. If you want one, you should be very, very quick because they won't be there for long. And that was the wonderful and interesting news. So we're going to focus on, and this week we're going to be focusing on the varietal Ethiosar. Uh, I'm fairly confident you won't have seen this anywhere either, as it is uh, the brainchild and work of the Maresh family and their cousin Ricardo. Um, Ethiosar is a stable hybrid uh, plant that is a cross between the Ethiopian varietal, uh, Ethiope or Room Sedan as it's quite often known, uh, and a Sachimor, uh, which is a cross between Villasarchi and uh, Timor, which is a Robusta. Um, and it is uh, believed to be a Bourbon uh, mutation as well uh, and is the offspring of that plant being crossed again with Villas Archie um, and uh, yeah it's kind of it's uh, very very spliced if you like um, Timor is the Robusta varietal and, and is in all of the Catimors um, uh, but this one has a very, very small percentage of Catimore, probably around about 8-10% actually in its uh, DNA. But that Robusta makes it resistant to rust. Um, the Room Sedan makes it super tasty. Uh, it's an it's a Ethiopian varietal that has great cup characteristics, as does the Villa Sarchi. Um, and um, it's, a, it's a really, really tasty, uh, tasty varietals mixed together with something that's a little bit more hardy. The other thing that he only needs 2,800 plants per manzana, which is a, an area of land, compared to 4,000 plants that's needed for the Keturah. Uh, he needs less fertilizer, less husbandry, uh, less, less hassle, if you like. And the yield is 40% more than that equal Keturah lot. Um, so, uh, yeah, in fact, I've told you all about this, but I'm gonna get the actual Ricardo, that this is sometimes called 
Ethio Sar or Ricardo, because Ricardo is the daddy of this bridle. I'm going to get him to tell you about it right now. So uh, my uncle and I started uh, reproducing it more. We have small amount of plantations uh, with this uh, because we only started from 209. Yeah. And it, remember, it takes two years for give you a seed. So from two, two, 2013, last year, I started producing, uh, planting more coffee of that. And I'm doing my farm completely on, the, on this variety. So you say you saw a mutation on the farm. What, what variety was that mutation from? Yes, that was from Ethiopia and some, uh, et, uh, some Sarchimor that has a little bit of Katimor. And then we crossed it back to be a Sarchi to take away the Katimor. So it's got a very small amount of Katimor. I would say maybe eight, eight nine, ten percent. And that's what gives us the resistant to Roya yeah. in high production. So uh, we're very excited. Uh, that's a, a lot like Katuai, uh, Pacamara Amarillo. It, it started that way also. The Havanica started the same way too. Yeah. So we see a particular tree that we really like, and we see all the all the all the benefits that it, that it has. The production resistant, and obviously the cup. Uh, and then we get it from there. And what kind of yield are you getting per manzana? We're getting. Uh, a, 60, 65, up to 70 quintales per manzana. Wow, I mean, that's that's super high where you would expect it to be around about 30 to 40. Would that be a normal kind of yield? It would be a normal, yes. Yeah. And, and with less plants per area. We put 2,800 plants in a manzana, which with Katura you do up to 4,000 plants. So you have to fertilize more plants yes. to get those yields. With 2,900 plants, it's less fertilizer and better yields because you can see the the the, the bandolas they're very long this is this was planted i think it was 2010 so it's only a three years old tree see so we we're, we're excited about it and uh and and we planting that in an altitude anything from a thousand meters to 800 meters Wow, and okay. that's when we get more affected by the roya at that area. Sure, the higher the temperatures, it seems to be that that's yes, affecting the rust yes, a lot more, yes, isn't it? Yes. And obviously, lower is warmer. Yeah. And then we do from a thousand meters higher, we do more exotic varieties like Java, Catoy Amarillo, Catoy uh, Rojo, Pacamar Amarillo, and those uh, other varieties. And obviously, I've only cupped the two. I think it was two two cups of these yesterday, uh, and they cupped amazing. What is the general consensus of opinion on the the cup profile of this this well, variety? It, it starts in the farm. We we start controlling the quality at the farm. Yeah. Try to pick it as uh, the red possible, the mature possible, and we do some selecting before we dispulp it. Right, right. So we, we take the bad out. Yeah. It, it takes us more labor to do it, but it's worth it at the end. Fantastic. Yeah. Ricardo is a cool, cool dude, and I think that is a cool, cool focus on. Um, brand new varietal, always pushing the boundaries here at Has Been. Only been around for three, four years, and we managed to get our hands on some. Um, but we should talk about the farm, first of all, where this coffee comes from. It's a farm, if you've watched in my mug before, you're going to know lots about. It's one of my favourite farms. Uh, we first bought back in 2007 as part of a buying group in the Cup of Excellence. And from the first time I ever cut this coffee, I just fell in love with it. Uh, it was only after I, the auction had closed that I found out that it comes from 
the only person at the time I knew in Nicaragua. Uh, he comes from the Maresh family, uh, and I knew the father and two brothers from my first ever origin visit back in 2005, um, and they have become really, really good friends. Um, the farm is located in Matagalpa, and it's a huge 171 hectares. And if you want to know what a huge is, huge is nine waterfalls within the farm. Huge is a school, uh, huge is shops, huge is healthcare centres, all as well as accommodation for everybody who lives there. Um, the Maresh family are incredibly well respected producers and have been become known for their experimental varietal lots like Ethiosar, uh, but also their experimental processing lots like the Funkies, uh, like the uh, Black Honeys that they've been doing, uh, lots of different things. Um, but this varietal is very much the work of Ricardo, who you saw in the uh, in the in the Focus On part. Uh, Ricardo has a farm that is much lower than Limoncilla, around about 800 metres above sea level. And what happens at those lower farms is leaf rust is a real big problem. Um, so he started looking at different plants that he was seeing mutations, he was planting little experiments everywhere, and he noticed that this one that had been spliced a few times was producing a really interesting cut profile. Um, so he had to find a way to get the most out of his lower yielding stuff. And with this, he found that he'd got these really interesting lots. On top of that, though, we found, sorry, we found as in, it feels like my farm, but Limoncillo, that they wanted to plant an experimental lot. And I've been cupping this for the last couple of years, and this year's the first time we've had enough to actually uh, to, to buy and to sell. And it's got a really tasty, interesting cup profile. Um, I, I'm super, super excited by what this coffee can do because not only does the farmer win with a better yield, but we're winning with a better cup, uh, but it's also a more consistent supply. So um, the figures, uh, it's owned by the Maresh family. The region is Matagalpa. Farm is 171 hectares. Uh, coffee grown area is around about 110 hectares. Um, it has an altitude of 1,200 metres above sea level. Uh, the varietal is Ethiosar, sometimes referred to as Ricardo. Um, and you have the pulp natural version. So we should go find out Roland's daft fact for this week because I can't wait for him to tell us his wonderful, interesting cleverness. In 1625, the English invaded Nicaragua and called it the Mosquito Country. They didn't leave until 1894. not know that Roland thank you for sharing that I like it the mosquito kingdom hmm yeah anyway uh, we should go look at what is going to be a amazing map bit hello look at me waving you up go on up out the way uh welcome to this week's wonderful map bit I'm excited about doing this one because I, I I just know Limoncillo so well so we're going to go across the globe and we're going to go to Central America. Um, and obviously where we're really interested in is Nicaragua. Now, it look, if you look at Nicaragua, it looks like we only buy from uh, a very, very small proportion of it. But that's because all of the, fa the family's farms are in that area and we just we know that they're going to give us amazing coffee. So the most popular uh, athletic past pastime is baseball, which made me really sad when I went because I'm a football fan and... I was the only person in a Nicaragua football top in Nicaragua. 
Um, but there's Limoncillo, and you can see the farm. I mean, this is on top of the farm buildings. It's a really, really good view. But what I want to show you is actually this part on the map. Now, this part that's circled, this is Ricardo. Uh, and as I've already said in, in, in the uh, focus on, that Ricardo is sometimes what this varietal is referred to. So we can really get down into detail of where, uh, where this coffee is grown. Um, and I love that we're able to do that. And that's only because I've visited this farm lots of times now. Um, so what we should do is try and have a good idea of what the topography is like around there. So the lowest point is um, obviously the sea and the highest point is 2,400 metres. So it doesn't go massively high and it's not a super um, volcanic mountainous region. Um, it's fairly stable. But what they do is grow grape varietals for that area. So this is why the Maresh family are, are so good, that they're trying different varietals. They don't just go with what's there. They're trying lots and lots of different things. And as you can see, this is quite a mountainous part uh, of Nicaragua. Um, it's, uh, it's certainly by no means flat. I remember climbing up that hill. Um, yeah, it was, it was quite a bit of work. Um, so back down to the farm there. Uh, and as I say, that is the actual uh, farmhouse. And that was the actual map bit. We are back. Let's dive into the espresso. So the thing I find most about this espresso, it's really chocolatey, like super chocolatey. Um, like, yeah, milk chocolate deliciousness. It's very simple. It's not, not amazingly complex, um, but it's very, very tasty. Mm. Bang on with the espresso there, Roland. Well done. Um, into the cappuccino. Milk chocolate, add some milk to it. What you get? Milkshake. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard and um, I really shouldn't be singing that, should I? <sighs> sorry. Um, it is chocolate milkshake, I'm sorry. Uh, I have that on the cupping table. I know I'm gonna get that in the brood. Um, and when you add milk to it, it's just more so. It is chocolate milkshake. It is not complex. It is not stupidly crazy, but it is delicious. Um, so we should go into the brood. I have a special mug uh, sent to me by the guys at Demitas who are in Los Angeles. Um, sent me some coffee as well. Their roaster, he used to be my roaster in Andy. In Andy. So if you're ever in Los Angeles, you should definitely go and check out these guys. I think they've got three or four shops. Um, and yeah, I, I've been really impressed with what they do. Um, considering Andy's roasting, it's not bad at all. Um, let's go into the brood. As I said, it is milkshake. It is sticky, sweet, smooth, rounded, balanced, uh, and really, really tasty. I will definitely take that mug and carry on drinking that at the end. Um, right, we should def we should go to uh, the vine of the week that was sent in by Elizabeth Firth. I know I haven't done these for a while, but if you want to send me stuff like this, I'm always willing to receive it. So uh, yeah, let's run Elizabeth's video. very cool thank you very much elizabeth uh, elizabeth is coffee mumbo jumbo on twitter you should follow her um, right thank you very much for joining me as always and do remember life is definitely too short for bad guys.